Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and shows of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. Uh, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we are going to be looking at 1986's very own The Real Ghostbusters. Real Ghostbusters. Not to be confused with Funimation's Ghostbusters, which was based off of a, 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 a not so great movie from the seventies. It's actually a cartoon, or a, excuse me, a live action show from the nineteen sixties. Sixties, that's what. It yeah, was, yeah, they had a, there was a licensing issue, so that's why that Ghostbusters. Called, it had to be called the Real Ghostbusters. Uh, I I also watched that cartoon. I I hope we do that at some point. Don't think it's going to be as good as this one was. Yeah, I don't think um, so either. Because even though it came first, it seems like it's a poor knockoff of of yeah of the actual Ghostbusters. I did uh, so not to like go too into it, but I did wait before we start. No, don't do I'm this. Pulling, no, no, I'm just pulling it out. Okay. Now we we do a different beer on each episode, but I have something for us this episode Uh-oh. that we're going to do instead. Uh oh, it's in the freezer. Oh. No. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's it's uh, it's not done yet. It's oh, it's because of the thing that I said the last time. It is. <laughs> All right, so I watched a uh, I watched. I'm a big fan of Red Letter Media, and I watched a uh, <laughs> I watched a show that they did about the new Ghostbusters movie, the one, the 2016 one. And uh, while they were, they do a show called Half in the Bag, where they they basically get drunk and talk about a show, talk about a movie or whatever. So, (laughs) on that show, on that particular episode, when they're talking about the new Ghostbusters movie, uh, they busted out some of Dan Aykroyd's own Crystal Head Vodka, which we have, we have today. Yeah, I purchased a bottle, (laughs) and I also... Went on Amazon and ordered several cases of this. <laughs> so uh, this we uh, I ordered the um, Ecto Cooler. If you guys who grew up during the the eighties and nineties remember, there was a Ghostbusters themed drink called very, Ecto Cooler. A very popular drink. It, yeah, it's an it's essentially orange high C that's dyed green and it's yeah. chock full of a ton of sugar. Yeah. So this can of this can of, of high C has forty one grams of sugar. It's gonna be interesting, and we're gonna combine it with Dan Aykroyd's vodka. And it's going to be fun. Um, so this this vodka is actually really uh, high quality. If any of you guys go out to buy it, a full handle's worth is about eighty bucks, I think. How much? About eighty bucks for a full handle, and then the regular bottles between forty and fifty bucks. Damn. Yeah, and this is um. So this is what we're drinking today. We're, we're drinking highbrow and lowbrow combined together into one. So um, so yeah. So it's it's Dan Aykroyd's vodka mixed with. High C cooler with Ecto cooler. Oh yeah. my god! What, you, what, why don't you go ahead and try the vodka first by itself, uh, and then before we ruin it with the Ecto cooler? Oh my god! I'm not a big it's, vodka fan, that too. Just yeah, so, uh, for forewarned. So that's I, I. Sean didn't know I was doing this. I, I I thought I would make this fun today. You know, as far as vodka goes, it's not that bad. It's it's good vodka. Um, <laughs> so we'll be mixing so, it with some. Some freaking Ecto Cooler. I haven't seen this. Sh- well, I mean, it went off the shelves a couple of years ago, but I really haven't seen this shit 
for so, years. Nineties, probably right. Yeah. Oh, it's green. It's turning it it's all green. It's lime green. Yeah. <laughs> all um, right. So, so, so let me go- let me start by saying thank you for. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for this. I, I thought you'd um, find this fun. So let me start this whole episode by saying, and maybe I maybe I'm uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. This show was my favorite show as a kid. I had a top three. We talked about that. This is really great, by the way. High C ecto cooler mm. and vodka. I highly recommend. Oh, actually, yeah, it's not that bad. It's kind of like a screwdriver, a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a kind of like a sugary f- screwdriver. Um, anyways, um, yeah, this is so, Sean's favorite show. So this if show, listened, if you listen to the if pro- you li- yeah, to if you the listen, prologue, the prologue episode, episode zero, episode one, whatever it was. So I had three shows that I loved as a kid. The first one, first and foremost, was this one. It's Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters. Top of, I, list top of my list by far. I loved this show so much. I had. All the toys. I this was. I remember in kindergarten when I was five years old. I dressed up as Egon for 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 Halloween in kindergarten. I had the I toy. Can only imagine. I had the toy proton pack. I had the toy trap. I had the my I, my 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 mom went and bought me blue uh, blue sweats so that I could wear the blue uniform. Oh jeez. Um. I had all the toys. I had the firehouse. I had all the the action figures. All that stuff. I had everything. I would watch the show religiously on Saturday. It was this show, it was Thundercats, and then it was Ninja Turtles. But this show by far. And so you would think, and rightfully so, I have a lot, a lot of nostalgia goggles for this show. I have a lot. I remember it so fondly. Yeah. It's such a big part of my youth. And I, I, I watched it as a kid myself. I, I enjoyed it. I had some of the toys. My brother was really into it, probably more so than I was. He dressed up like the Ghostbusters. We had a proton pack that we shared around the house. But... I wasn't nearly as into it like Sean is, or was, and, and I went into this, I think, with very little nostalgia goggles. I actually expected this to not be that good. I, I thought this was going to be mediocre. And I actually, What I thought this was going to be, Sean, is I thought this was going to be like the Back to the Future was. So when we watched the Back to the Future show, for those of you who listened to it, the, uh, the show itself is not... Uh, add an ice here. The show itself was not great. It was just it was just there, and I and I actually thought that that's what this was going to be. So I, I'm just going to start right off the bat and say I was wrong. I was wrong. I was so fucking wrong. So th- this show is really good. So here's here's the thing. I'm going to start off too by saying my kid loves this show. I showed her the I think it's the fourth episode. It's the fourth episode. It's um excuse me the third episode. So it's called Mrs. Rogers Neighborhood. And uh, in the last episode that we're going to review, in, well, excuse me, not the last episode, the, the, the sixth episode of the show called The Boogeyman Cometh, which is essentially where this boogeyman comes through the closet and scares kids. And I showed that to her right before bed. I did this yesterday. And she loves it. She loves it so much. In fact, uh, we were at dinner tonight and she asked if she could go home and watch more. <laughs> so, so here's the thing for the uninitiated that you really should know about Ghostbusters, the animated series, the real Ghostbusters, is that the, the importance of this show in terms of the Ghostbusters lore is immense. This show came out two years after the original movie. The original and it's movie, considered to be canon. 
Yeah. The original movie came out in 1984. It was a big hit. Obviously, it was a huge hit with everyone. Biggest comedy of the biggest comedy of the summer. Or biggest comedy of 1984, I want to say. Their budget was 30 million and they had a box office of 295.2. And that's not for inflation. That's yeah, that's for the 19, time. that's 1984 dollars. So, so you so have this amazing movie that made That means for inflation, we're talking close to a billion dollars. Yeah. Here. So you So that's a big movie. So you have this movie that made a ton of money, everybody loves. You have Two years later, you have um, an animated show. And what the animated show did in the, in the length of its run is it established all of these things in the mythos of the Ghostbusters. It established characters. It established, it established literature. It established like situations. It, it, their backstory. Back, their, yeah, backstory. Their childhood in, in yeah, many cases. And it explained a lot of things. And it, and it set things up for later. Tells you like where certain characters come from. Why are some of them into paranormal? Yeah, and, and, and how do they get to there to begin with? And so, it just and it fleshes out the characters so much more than the little bit. I mean, Winston Zedmore in the first in the first movie, he's only really on screen for like twenty minutes. You know, he comes in oh, halfway through the movie. Yeah, he's far more featured in the second movie, which I, I will just say right now, if you go back and watch it as, as an adult, is basically mediocre. Yeah, but this this show, but remember, this, this show, show came cool. out before that second That's right, movie. It did. And that second movie came out in nineteen eighty nine. So essentially the movie the, the movie made a ton of money, and they thought, what's the best way for us what's the best way for us to capitalize on this? And they thought, kids cartoon show, apparently, instead of sequel. So they went right in and started with this show that ended up producing 140 episodes plus 33 other episodes where uh, Slimer's the main character. Yeah, that, that, that's the downfall of this, of this show. It was really, really good. And then, as it progressed, Slimer so, is a regular character on the show. Yeah. And as it progressed, Slimer became really popular with kids. And so he started becoming the more and more the main focus because the because of the the demographic they were trying right. to reach. They realized he was a popular character and they say they eventually did like a double episode where it was the Ghostbusters and then there was like a Slimer feature. And then and it eventually was, it was just like all Slimer. Then it eventually was all Slimer with very little Ghostbusters. Yeah. But it started off great. Yeah. And so so just as a quick explanation, Ghostbusters, the film, came out in 84. It was written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and uh, directed and produced by Ivan Reitman. And uh, it was starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, and Annie Potts. Those are the main characters. Those They're, are the principles. Yeah. Those are the principles of the movie. Another thing to mention was is Ghostbusters was originally conceived by Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. It was called the Ghost Smashers. Oh, yeah. Where um, they would travel through time and space uh, and into the future and into the past. And they would use magic wands as like a, as a method to exterminate ghosts. Yeah, the original treatment, if you ever get a chance to actually, right before we started uh, this episode, I went and showed Chris that on my computer I have a couple of digital copies of uh, various Ghostbusters books and paraphernalia. Because this is honestly one of it's. Uh, no joke, it's my favorite movie of all time, and everything associated with it, I love it so much. I have a couple of uh, I have a couple of of digitized books, um, the novelization of the original movie, and then I have another one. Uh, I have another di- uh, novelization of the movie, and then I have um, I have a book of essentially pr- production notes from the from the making of the film. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of like background stuff that I know about the film just from reading that stuff, and it really, I don't know. It, the show, in so many ways, takes what the movie was and then does more with it. And does more with it. Instead of taking it away, they build off of they build off of what the they build off of what the movie set up. Right. They make it that much better. 
So uh, we we got a, a a look of disapproval from uh, Sean's fiance Kathy, uh, who she did not like the ecto, she did not like the ecto, ecto vodka. Driver. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it tastes good because of nostalgia. Who knows? Uh, it could be, but I don't care. This is too much fun. So yeah. uh, the show ran from September, uh, September 13th of 86 to September 5th of 92 on I mean, ABC. That's a, that's a damn good run for a cartoon. It is, because most of these shows that, we're, that we do on the show... Two years? Two, three years, except maybe. for Turtles that yeah. had a long run. Um, but it was also created by Dan Acker and Harold Ramis. Um, it was developed by Columbia Pictures uh, Television and Deke Enterprises. So Columbia Deke. Columbia Pictures, yeah, I always have, I can see the visual of their animation. So Columbia Pictures Television, actually, they did a lot of like live action shows like Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless and Fantasy Island, TJ and the Hooker, but they did some other animation. TJ and the Hooker? That's you mean right. TJ Hooker? I, the, the Ecto screwdriver's already working. No. <laughs> TJ and the Hooker. It's like BJ and the Bear. I, I can only imagine a... Uh, TJ and the Hooker, but still played by the original cast. How funny that would be! Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be awkward. Yeah. Uh, but they did do a show called Dino Saucers. Oh, Dino uh, which is great. Um, Dino Deke, now Deke did. Yeah, we might do that show at some point too. Deke was there. Another uh, animation Power company. House. Yeah, Powerhouse at the time. But they had Inspector Gadget, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, Captain Planet, Heathcliff, Dennis the Menace. They did a bunch of stuff. Um, of course, we got to mention the music by Ray, uh, Ray Parker Jr. It's featured heavily in almost every episode. Every episode. In fact, by the end of the sixth episode, it did start to kind of not get to me, but I did start to think, I wonder if they're going to use anything else. You know what, though? They do use they, things. And, and we'll talk about that because there's some other great music in there. Now, there's a large portion of the episodes for the show that are written by a guy named J. Michael Straczynski. And he is actually. I the love cr- his violins. <laughs> Stradivarius. Oh. Uh, no, Straczynski actually is the creator of Babylon 5. What? And he wrote the 2011 Thor uh, theater treatment. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he's still working. Uh, he also wrote The Amazing Spider-Man, 2001 to 2007, the animated series. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, the, the, we're, we need to touch very briefly on voice actors because Peter Venkman is done by Lorenzo Music. The great Lorenzo Music. Who is Garfield. Once you hear, once we say Garfield and you watch the show, you cannot unhear Garfield. Yeah. You and if cannot. You, and, if you've, um, and if you've ever watched Gummy Bears 2, he's also Tummy Gummy. That's right. Well, he, for, for the first, like, two, three seasons. First couple of seasons, and then it ends up being picked up by Jim Cummings, but that's that's a whole other discussion that we were having earlier. Yeah. So, uh, no, excuse me, no, that's not Jim Cummings. Um, no, no, that's Jim, Jim Cummings picks up uh, for uh, Zummy. For Zummy, yeah. excuse me, you're right. But t- Dave Coyier ends up picking up for Peter Venkman later, and all you could. It's not as good. It's not. No, it's Lorenzo not. music is Lorenzo music is great as Peter. When Dave Coulier does it, 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 it's it not ends bad. up being more like his ace, bud. Which, it, like it just sounds weird. But it's not bad. It's just not Lorenzo music. And I yeah, think you know what it is. The three seasons of it. Three seasons of Lorenzo music, and then have to switch. Yeah, it's to Dave Coulier. It's a, it's too weird. It's for Dave me. Coulier trying to do a Lorenzo music impersonation. It, that's exactly what I was thinking, and and that's why um, it sounds weird. Like just the the vocal intonations are like it, weird. Yeah. Now, Egon Spangler is done by Maurice Lamarche, who is brain from the Animaniacs and his own Pinky and the Brain show. Yeah, he's um, he's a million other things. Too. Yeah, I mean he's done GI Joe, Captain Planet, The Simpsons. Uh, he's Destro in GI Joe, by the way. Yeah, um, and he's Megatron. I believe no Frank, in, Wel- in, Frank Welker on, is Me- is Megatron. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, you're right. He is didn't uh, Maurice Lamarche did other stuff in in Transformers. I'm though, sure he did. Yeah. Anyway, so Ray Stans is and Slimer are both Frank Welker, and that is that is Megatron, and also Darkwing Duck, which we touched on. No, in an earlier Darkwing episode. Duck is Jim Cummings. 
Jesus, what am I doing today? <laughs> Apparently a couple sips of uh, Ecto, Ecto Cooler. Oh, excuse me. I misread my notes. He did multiple characters on Darkwing. Yes. He did not do Darkwing. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. No, and, and um, that's the great thing. So this show this show is it's based off of a really, really, really good idea. It involves a lot of the same people that made the show. And the voice actors that they got. Are good voice actors. They're good pedigreed voice actors so, that have a lot, a lot of... So uh, Back to the Future, which was kind of like my... Your Ghostbusters is my Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And they had the cast. And they just completely screwed the pooch for it. But oh, yeah. not, but not on this. So this, they they pulled another voice actress who did an awesome job. Now Ray stands and Slimer done by Frank Welker, but Winston is done by Arsenio Hall in the first three seasons, and Buster Jones, who is Doc from GI Joe and Blaster from Transformers, he's in uh, seasons four through seven. Now, interesting thing about Winston is when the show originally was going to be on air. The original Winston, Ernie Hudson, auditioned for this role, and he was the only one. Nobody else auditioned for it, just him, and they turned him down. I don't know why, but they turned him down, and they ended up picking up Arsenio Hall, who does a great job. Uh, Not to knock the work that he does on here, because he ends up doing a great job. He's got great lines. His timing is good. But but still, I just thought it was so weird that they actually rejected the original Ernie Hudson. Well, I mean, maybe his voice... Ernie Hudson... He's a good actor in the in the movie. Maybe the thing that happened was that his his acting didn't match like the tone that they wanted for the show because True. everyone else like, Well, the movie's got more serious notes and less comedy. It's it's like it's more of, of a adventure that has comedy elements where this show is more comedy but with uh action spooky elements. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a switch there. Uh Janine uh in the show is done by Laura Summer, who is uh Patamon from Digimon. And it, it ends up switching later to a, uh, a different person who, I think is, her, her name is uh, Katie Sauce. Cap Susie. Ka- Ka- Katie Susie, or Kathy Saucy. Yeah. Yeah, who's Dexter's mom, and uh, Linka from Captain Planet. Hmm. Yeah. So, and, uh, now, further on in the show, that we're not, episodes we're not going to cover today, or any of the soon-to-be-recorded future episodes on Ghostbusters, is Louis Tully, who is a kind of a big deal in in the movies he's kind of the he was a terror dog yeah he, in the first one and then yeah. the second one he bones janine and he's done by roger bump uh bumpus who is squidward from spongebob which i thought was really cool i didn't know that so uh w- with that um let's jump right into yeah episode let's jump one. right in episode one is called ghosts are us and the episode starts right away you, you're jumped into the action there's a bunch of stuff going on at I didn't at first. At first, when you can don't we know, just mention the intro because the intro is awesome. Oh yeah, it's so well animated. My wife, who's like, like most of the, because we do we do a lot of homework for these shows. So you know, we each do maybe an hour or two, a couple hours worth of uh, research, and then we go and we watch all these episodes and take notes. Sometimes we watch these episodes multiple times. I sometimes watch them three or four times because I'm watching them with my kid, and uh, I never want to fast forward through the intro ever. And uh, my wife actually stopped what she was doing several times to watch the intro. Yeah, no, the intro is really so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and the music in, in all of these scenes that gets reused over and over again, there's all this like filler music that's just phenomenal. It's, it sets the tone so well. This, that's something this show does better than most any show. Where <laughs> Sean was showing me this uh, cartoon. It's a, 
it's a headstone saying R.I.P. with a Tommy Gummy, Garfield, and Peter Venkman all standing it's, around it because Lorenzo Music has, has since passed away. Yeah. But but at any rate... Uh, sorry. Know, sorry to bring it all down. <laughs> yeah, sorry to bring it all down. But it, it is a cool comic, but... Uh, so the music is just fantastic for this and there's show. a lot of there's a lot of musical interludes at least in every episode that we've watched there's a musical interlude that involves that involves some kind of chase scene or some kind of action scene it is where they... so quintessential 1980s oh yeah it, it, but it's not bad though no it, it I was rocking what, out yeah it fits whatever you it know. was so good but yeah. it's like like it's like guitar riffs and stuff but no it's like vocalized music somebody's yeah. singing it's like a yeah. like maybe about 45 minutes to a minute and a half worth of musical yeah. that's put into some sort of a car chase or a a, a foot chase or, or something, and it's it's just so good. Yeah. But the show does start right off. So the Ghostbusters uh, show up to a college chocolate factory. You don't know it's a chocolate um, factory at first. At first, I thought it was like maybe a hotel because all you see is a bunch of women in aprons standing out yeah, in the street. I, they're all screaming and they're like, "Don't worry, everybody, the Ghostbusters." I are didn't here. know it's a chocolate factory until um, <laughs> until the thing big, exploded. Yeah, there's and... these big smoke stacks that explode and chocolate pops out. Slimer opens his mouth like uh, yeah, he fl- like, he flies up and he just starts scooping them up with his big mouth yeah and because slimer's a, a ghost he just kind of it's like his body just expands like a trash bag mm-hmm. and gets weighed down slimer's really well animated in this too i gotta say because there's a lot of scenes where his body like does these like weird shape changes to like fit his surroundings yeah and like it's... he does these things where like he'll get a flat bottom thing i mean i made notes on some of this stuff i was i was really surprised they do such a good job with him and they didn't have to no because he, he's just like he's a like bit... yeah he's an incidental character that becomes more and more prominent Probably based on the popularity of it. Yeah, I think... Well, my brother ended up obsessed with Slimer and Stay Puff. Well, Slimer... Slimer, at the end of the first movie... Slimer is uh, free. He, yeah, he's free. And then this show starts up, and he's traveling with them. They eventually explain how that came to pass. Yeah, and further episodes. Further we're episodes. Not cover, down, yeah, but 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 he's a, he's essentially their pet. Yeah, he's like their sidekick. Yeah. So apparently, so Peter's. I, I made this mention because. Peter wisecracks about where all these ghosts are coming from, and Egon mentions that they're from New Jersey. Which, uh, if 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 any of you out there are in New York or New Jersey, you know this like this like New York New Jersey thing. And for those of you who aren't, there is a thing. So <laughs> there is so a- so people people who live outside of the city proper, like the five boroughs, essentially think that anybody who who claims they're from New York but lives in New Jersey or upstate that doesn't live in the city is actually not a New Yorker. And they, they tend to bound mouth them quite a bit. It's it's like a, a kind of a running joke. But the, it, it's like New Jersey's like the, the easy target in a way that... Well, we're in Southern California, and, and there's some easy uh, local targets, too. Yeah. If, you're in, if you're in California, there's, there's always the 909. So. The 909. Um, the 951 now. Yeah, though whatever. But um, so they, they, they end up um, fighting these ghosts. They, they capture these ghosts that are terrorizing can the... Can we talk uh, about what they look like, though? Yeah, so, these, so one of the things about this... So there's, there's a, a dad, a mom, and a baby. And the mom looks like a, a bright pink twisted-up tapeworm. Yeah. And the dad is a short, fat, red like gremlin slug looking thing and the ba- the baby is huge and he's he's like morbidly obese with a diaper and no shirt on uh he's like flesh toned with like frankenstein bolts and a baby bonnet and he sounds like wah yah 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 da kind of like baby huey yeah. um like the old animated baby huey he so th- actually he does look exactly like baby huey there there was a cartoon and i can't remember what it was but there was a cartoon with three bears. I don't know if it was a Hanna-Barbera or if it was what. But there was a cartoon. And that, that's what I thought of when I saw this episode. Because there's, there's an old cartoon that, that there's a couple cartoons with it. Where there was a mother bear who was like tall and skinny. A father bear that was short. Really short. 
And then there was a baby bear oh, who was God. huge and had a diaper. Okay. And that's what this was. It was well, the dad was short and was like, come on, you know, what are you doing? And he was like really bossy. Let's, let's fact check that uh, and, if you can because I want to know what that is. Maybe that's something we can review later because um, I remember that. Uh, and, at any rate, so they go in and these are the ghosts that are running amok in this chocolate factory. And so the ghosts – they, they come out to like bust the ghosts. The ghosts climb into this chocolate machine uh, that kind of looks like some sort of weird chocolate extruder. Peter and Ray end up uh, essentially being the ones to catch a ghost. So it's a Looney Tunes. Oh, it's a Looney Tunes cartoon show uh, called The Three Bears. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the, it's full on like copy and paste of what we were just talking about. Yeah, you got a short, fat dad who's actually red. Uh, the animated uh, bears red. The mom has a pink hat on, and she's tall and skinny. And then the the son is like kind of a big giant, a big oaf obese uh, oaf wearing a diaper, which yeah. is essentially what this was. So this is this has to be. We don't have production. It has to in be an us. homage to this uh, Chuck Jones cartoon show. Yeah, it was done by Chuck Jones, anyways. So the, not to go again too far off, but yeah, sorry. But they capture these ghosts. As a reward for capturing them, they, they get, get a, a year's supply of chocolate, which Slimer which, eats all of right away. Yeah, well, because they, they go to give it to Janine, like, hey, Janine, we got, we got you some chocolate. And the boxes are empty, and it's a Slimer flying out, like, covered in chocolate. Yeah. And so they're all pissed off at So that him. establishes um, that establishes Slimer, he's their gluttonous well, pet. Well, Peter tells them one more mess up in your history. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they end up kind of going and doing their thing. And Ray dumps the class. They're they're all classified ghosts. That's the thing is they like cl- have classifications for this. Like the higher the number, the more dangerous they are. So yeah. these are class fives. And so Ray class dumps- five free roaming vapors. Yeah, yeah. So they're class five free roaming vapors, and they put them in the active containment unit, which is down in the basement, just like just uh, like in the movie, just like in the movie. And uh, they go to bed, and Ray, I, I made a note, because Ray sleeps with a stuffed Stay Puff. Yeah, he does. They uh, establish Ray in this cartoon as being very childlike. Very yeah. enthusiastic and childlike. Smart, but very childlike. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of go into that in some other episodes where yeah. it's a, a bigger uh, focus. But they're, they're all asleep, and Slimer has the munchies. Slimer so always Slim, has the munchies. Because he's, he's, he's like a... Constantly a, high. Well, he he is technically high. He's always flying. Oh, we'll get out um, of here with that. But hey, I had to bring up a dead joke. You're the king, so um, <laughs> so Slimer tries to hide from Winston while he's got the munchies because Winston hears something and, and he yeah, freaks like, what out. The, what the hell? So Slimer's hiding and he goes down into the basement and um, he accidentally frees the uh, the three ghosts, but he, he turns, doesn't know it. Yeah, well, he, turns he turns the echo the, unit yeah. off. <laughs> Which there's a giant switch underneath the freaking stairs it's like a giant like a pulley electric switch yeah. kind of um, and somehow somehow they think that that's a, i mean honestly though honestly it's just like in the movie it's it is just because like that's how they turn that's it off. how they turn it off it's a big switch that they flip. on the wall and underneath the stairs yep i, I even made mention of the location yep. because that was perfect so um, so slimer freaks out and he's like trying to push it up and in the meantime while he's trying the to three push ghosts it up, escape they, he they, doesn't realize yeah they, they escape via like a pipe on the top of it or something and the ghosts decide they they escape and they decide they're going to run the ghostbusters out of business so they can have free reign of the city yeah so they create this fake haunt and capture scheme scam yeah yeah essentially they create a scam like they go they the, haunt a location the baby haunts it and then the mom and the dad are disguised and they come and grab them right and they always do it right before the ghostbusters get there yeah to put them so that the ghostbusters put them out of business and they call themselves ghosts are us which is where the title of this episode came from yeah and um, actually yeah that too it, it comes back later that i thought of i thought about later that that title i'll, I'll get to it when we get there um, but they, yeah, they, so they set up this rival ghostbusting group. Oh, I to, know where you're going to mention yeah. that. Yeah, they set okay. up this rival ghostbusting gr- uh, company to run them out of business. And 
<laughs> there was a funny line where Janine is answering the phone because they get phone calls for the the ghosts are us. They're like, I thought this is the. By the way, something is, that I noticed is totally like a out of the times. It just doesn't make sense. Is uh, what an inefficient system that is. You just have one person answering the phone. Like, but who, where does she sleep? When does she sleep? I, I Because got she that. answers phones in the middle of the night in all of these episodes. Like, yeah. middle of the night. So when does she sleep? When does she eat? When does she piss? When the, does she go home? It's the magic of... Of cartoons, cartoons and, and yeah. movies? I, you know, so, today well, you would have... The, a, the Ghostbusters today would have, like, a 24-hour call center that you would call into and deal with who would then route them Hello, to this the... Hello, this is the Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, sir, I am in New Jersey. No, Hello, would, my name is Kyle. No, and they would totally Are you asking me or telling me? No, it's Kyle. <laughs> that, that actually happened before the guy did tell me his name was Kyle. Um, no, so she answers the phone, and she's been answering the phone in it for uh, people wanting to get a hold of Ghost R Us. And she says something along the lines of, Hello? What? No, this is the real Ghostbusters. And I didn't know if that was like a slight at the other show. I thought the same exact thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm actually, I wrote that down. So, so they get a call and these ghosts set a trap. They've been doing, they've done several of these schemes. And the ghosts finally, uh, they make a call and set a trap at an abandoned toy factory. Which is home of a ghost named Turlock. Which is a class 7. It's a class 7 ghost. Now, Turlock is actually a city in NorCal, uh, south of Sacramento, uh, in Modesto, north of Fresno. I know uh, someone from Turlock. Oh, you do? I do. Oh. And one of the guys that uh, was in my fraternity in college. No kidding. Yeah, he's from Turlock. Oh, shout out to Turlock, then. Yo, what's so up, I, Turlock? I, I, All I th- four of you up there in Turlock. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Turlock is definitely like not even a drive through because it's out of the way even on the way to Sacramento. One of the um, things, before, before we get into that part, one of the things they, they were talking about... How they needed to like get a job, get a business, like get a get a job, or, or they, they were, were going to go, go out of business. business. And I had to think, like, I started thinking about, it, like, what kind of margin are the Ghostbusters working on? Where if yeah. they miss a couple jobs, they're out, they're done. Yeah, be, uh, well, they make several. Re- essentially, they make several references to essentially if they if they stop working, they're going to go out of business quick. Yeah. Um, but I had to think about it. You know, based on how much energy they consume. How much it costs to rent their firehouse. Okay, but and then this is also, at- you have to think. So this is 1986. So this is during the crack epidemic. I don't, have you have you been to the firehouse in New York? I have not. In, in, actually, mid, no. in Midtown? Okay. No. So it is now, like, it is now in a nice neighborhood. But, like, 1986, it was, like, most of New York was, like, not the greatest place. Like, Times Square was, like, covered in hypodermic needles and coke and crack and stuff. I Times mean, Square it, slimed? Slime Square. Slime Square, yeah. Uh, And the firehouse is not that... I mean, it's... um, Well, still, you got a big... You got a big house. It's it's several, several blocks north of of World Trade. And and I will say that several times throughout the show, I, I noticed... They have backdrops of like uh, the Twin Towers and stuff. Oh, and the city, that's just insensitive. Which, which is sad, but you know what though? It's they they make reference to like uh, several of the bridges and the the locations are all correct. Yeah, they do a really good job at making sure that that like where they are in the firehouse. And like in where they go, like when they travel in one direction, they're headed up towards Queens, and they head out the door of the firehouse and head away from the door, which is north because the door faces north. Hmm. Um, on the firehouse. Anyways, yeah. so not to go way down into that, but in 1986, it was not that expensive for the. It wouldn't have been that expensive th- for them to rent an old, beat up, abandoned firehouse. Yeah, but the, so their the, rent must have been somewhat cheap, or they the might energy. Have, the energy that they had to use to power that 
to power that uh, containment unit, plus a bunch of other stuff, plus the constant R&D that they were doing with their ghost-busting equipment, had to have been just a fortune, because they were always coming up with new, uh, new things, they were always trashing their car and their equipment. How many, times have they, how many times did they blow up their proton packs to either catch or distract or destroy a ghost, and they had to rebuild that proton pack? That shit can't be cheap, that's essentially a nuclear reactor on their back. Yeah, and they they have a lot of stuff like that. But but what I was thinking was they're catching multiple ghosts a day. Yeah. So so catching one less ghost a day shouldn't be that big of a deal. Apparently it is. Well, well, I wrote down how much they make, and we're going to touch on that in a later episode. And it's for 1986. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Per ghost. Well, if you think about the movie, if you think about the movie, when they catch Slimer in the um Oh man, I'm blanking on the name of the hotel. When they catch Slimer in the uh, the, the hotel, they after they catch him, they go through and they make the bill out. And uh, I can't they, remember how much the bill. was. I remember how much the bill oh, was. They of go, they of go, course you do. They go through the bill. He's like, he. Uh, what does Peter say? He says, uh, you know, for entrapment and capture of the beast, that comes to. And he looks over at Egon, and Egon does this thing where he puts up some fingers on his face. He goes four thousand dollars. But then he says, but we're having a special today. For beam charging and transportation and whatever else, that that uh, that comes to a thousand dollars. That'll round up all the way to about five thousand dollars. And the guy's like, five thousand dollars? I had no idea it'd be so much. I won't pay it. And then the guy, like, oh, well, we'll, oh we'll put him back. That's fine. No, so no, essentially, no. now now that was like at the height of their business during the movie Ghostbusters. That was, no, that was the first job they ever did. That's right. But but then but then they got busier because of Gozer and everything else. So they're making bank. They must have uh, seen like a drop in business and had to drop their prices. But even still, okay, well, I'm just going to talk about it really quickly because um, it's, it's in episode six. And they mentioned that they make $1,500 per ghost. Now, the $5,000 that they were charging per ghost equated in 1986 to today's dollars is $11,502.19. Yeah. For inflation to today, that's how much they're making off of the capture of Slimer. Yep. Okay. Let's just say that they're that they're going right as fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars is still thirty two hundred dollars in today's market. Yeah. So that means they're making thirty two hundred dollars per ghost. And multiple of these episodes, they talk about being out all day catching ghosts all day. And they seem to catch ghosts with with a rather great efficiency for the most part. Yeah. Um, I think the show more or less just focuses on the ghosts that are hard for them to catch. I, that's what I've kind of picked up because, like, they'll be like, "Oh, we were out catching ghosts all day." They'll come home, fill they're up like, the Oh yeah, unit, man, we're we're beat. and not even discuss it. So yeah. we're talking fifteen hundred bucks a ghost. If they're catching an average of five ghosts a day, I mean, they're making a lot of money for eighty six. Way well, more than enough to cover. The so, franchise rights alone will make us rich beyond our wildest dreams. Okay, well, there's another episode that we're going to cover where they go to Hollywood and there's a movie based off of them, and that is that movie is the fucking movie. It's the Ghostbusters yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. So, no. so they, oh, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, we kind of went way off. Yeah. So they're they're there to catch uh, the the bad ghosts are there to um, trap them and make them uh, encounter Turlock. Yeah. But when they get there, some other ghost has taken Turlock's place. And the other ghost has claimed that he's taken the place, quote, permanently. So I imagine he killed the other ghost. So they, these... In as much as you can kill a ghost. Yeah, however that works. So uh, this new ghost tries to get the ghost family. And Egon and Ray show up at, with Peter and Winston and, and Slimer. They're, they're all there. And they encounter this giant ghost. Uh, th- this, his, so this ghost essentially 
possesses a bunch of toys and stuff from this factory. And that's why it's called Ghosts R Us too. Yeah, I was also thinking that that's what we were discussing earlier. Yeah. So so this ghost possesses this giant large uh, like children's block with the letter A on it that's like uh like two stories tall and it has a giant like one and a half story tall uh, monkey shines uh, mon- monkey with the symbols on it like writing on top of it and the block is sitting on top of a giant red big wheel it, one arm is like a giant stuffed bear claw and the other is a is a yellow hockey stick and it, this thing is huge and so e- egon and ray decide to use the ecto-2 which is this homemade helicopter it's the first time you've ever encountered it. it's the first episode yeah and it's this homemade helicopter slash motorcycle where the wings that, that pop out for this helicopter thing actually look like car doors which I thought was kind of cool. I had um, this toy. Yeah, I did too. I had this toy. It was awesome. It was a cool toy. And so they they have this like kind of chase scene. Uh, again, awesome music that we were talking about. Venkman is driving the Ecto-1 on two wheels, by the way, um, half riding on the guardrails. And Winston is sitting in the back freaking the fuck out. Yeah, he's like, I know a shortcut. And he like pops a, he pops the wheelie up. And like a he... sideways wheelie. Yeah. So he pops this like sideways wheelie. And so they end up driving up uh, a suspension bridge. They don't mention which bridge it is, but they drive up the suspension bridge cables up to the top. And Ray tries to use a grapple hook a la Empire with a, with a snowspeeder. Did you, did you notice that? No, so, I did. I wrote, I wrote that. I said that they tried to Empire Strikes Back the fucking thing. Okay, so for any parents out there who have daughters, I, I don't know why. This is kind of like a side note. Every time I do my kid's hair... I have a daughter. Every time I'm doing her hair and I have like a like a rubber band and then I'm putting it in a ponytail or something, as I'm twisting it and then making it go around the hair, I say this every time. Every time that I'm doing her hair, I always think, one more pass. And I imagine snow speeders. And I get this visual every single time. And so when this happened, it was a total like little moment for me when I thought of that and then I thought of snow speeders. So, but they try the grapple hook and it doesn't work. Yeah. So you know what's... It, it does because the thing like grabs them because the well the, it grabs the cord and it's like so it spins them out. Use it right? as like a weapon though. Yeah. Yeah. It, so the 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 ghost that's abusing the Ecto two is a weapon and it, it mostly destroys it. And Slimer ends up sliming the bridge and this this monster slash ghost ends up slipping on it. Yeah. Because and, because Peter says he keeps remembering Peter saying like we wouldn't even be in this mess if it wasn't for Slimer because Slimer let them out. Yeah. And so Slimer feels guilty and he like he, so like he puffs himself help. up and he goes yeah. out and he tries to do something and it's when he slimes cuz the they've they've landed on the top of the bridge like the top of the of the post on the bridge and the ghost is running up the cables on the suspension yeah, bridge to yeah. the top and that's what that's what Slimer slimes and, and that's he, where he slips and falls down. And he slips and falls. So when this happens um Egon sets the Ecto 2 to self-destruct and they end up destroying the monster with that. Yeah. Which I thought well, if that was just easy, like, they could just destroy all ghosts with explosions, right? Well, isn't that what they did in the new one? They don't capture ghosts, they I, destroy them. I haven't seen it. I think they destroy the ghost instead of capturing I, I haven't seen it. That's okay, I haven't either. Um, no, so, before we get away from it, the toy we, ghost, the, the toy ghost is what okay. would, the, the class 10... Yeah, Sean, uh, it looks like has been trying to research the name of that ghost. No, it's, it's, been, it's I, the toy ghost. But no, what it was is one of my favorite games... So. In my childhood, everything about Ghostbusters I loved. There was this arcade stand-up game called the Ghostbusters where there was 
there you played as three Ghostbusters and you walked through various stages. It was sort of a top-down thing, and you used the beam and you would capture ghosts. And at the end, there would be bosses. And this this game, this arcade game, came out in 1987, which is right after the uh, you know a year after the show came out. Okay. One of the bosses in this, one of the bosses for the levels in this game was the toy ghost. That's where I recognized him from. It's a big huh. ghost. It's a big ghost with like a with like a circular mouth and has a big eye that comes up. <gasps> comes out i'll have to download that and, yeah, and try and play it yeah it, you could probably get it on mame or something it's yeah I, that's what i'm saying because yeah. i have that that yeah no it's 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 definitely a quarter eater type of game it was in that era where there's just you know there's enemies that come out of nowhere and they just they fly at you but it uses a lot of it uses a lot of um a lot of weird enemies that you don't see anywhere else it uses some that you end up seeing other places little banshee bomber that's the one i remember it's the, the flying one that like spits at you but yeah, anyway. I have very little recollection of this. But yeah, so that I, that deck, I recognized the monster. I, they must have taken him from this episode and made him a boss in the game. Yeah, they must have. Yeah. So at any rate, they end up capturing uh, the other three ghosts. By the way, they 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 capture them because they hold the trap open. They see them coming, and then and they, they hold the trap open. And the freaking then, ghosts jump in the trap. They're, they're like, terrified because they're getting chased by the big guy. Yeah. So they jump in. They essentially capture themselves. So. So, I mean, that's kind of how this episode ends, is they destroy this monster, and then that's that was kind of it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I The first episode, I think, of the six that, w- that we're going to... Because we, we tend to review these in six-episode blocks. Yeah. Uh, Sean and I, actually, as we were watching these, um, have been talking... We are going to do more Ghostbusters episodes. Yeah. We really enjoyed this. With so, or without your input. We're yeah, with or without more. your episode, we're going to do more. But we're not going to necessarily do them all back to back. So we're going to review these first six episodes like we normally do. And then when we're done, we're going to do some other stuff. And we're going to go back and finish the rest of the first season. Because there's some really, really iconic episodes yeah. later on some in the Some really show. good ones. And if you've... If you've they're probably the ones that you remember the most from the show. Right. So. Yeah, like Sandman and and some of these other ones. Um, yeah, the, the big the, pumpkin headed Halloween, the Halloween one and the, the one one. There's one that the I always, Christmas one. Yeah, there's one that I always remember where um, where Winston ends up playing a baseball game for his soul. Oh, that's right. Yeah. A Citizen Ghost. There's a bunch of like uh, classic there's episodes. A, there's a Casey Jones one with the train. There's a bunch of them. There's ones with with Peter's yeah. dad, like where they get trapped in the Bermuda Triangle and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, again, we're only going to cover the rest of the first season. We'll do it later, but we're going to yeah. cover the rest of these six episodes. And I think this kind of well, let's jump into episode two. You want to do episode yeah, two? Episode two. All right, all right. So episode um, two is called Killer Watch, and this episode starts by continuing on from the movie. The sort of romance, but not really romance, between Janine and Egon, because this is before the second movie where the romance gets tr- it's transferred to, right. to from Janine and Egon to Janine and Lewis. Right. But it, it's sort of this unrequited uh, feelings between Janine and Egon that's that's established in the first movie. So Janine's like, "Oh, Egon, you're so you're such a genius," and then he looks at her and goes, "I know." <laughs> Yeah, they have this like kind of weird, uh, this weird moment. So, yeah. so the city's experiencing power outages, and this utility worker's up uh, on a job, and uh, a transformer turns into a monster. Um, and he's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna die!" And he closes his eyes, and, and then, then he lives. And, the, the, and then he's like, "What the fuck?" And he turns, and then the thing has already gone down. The rest yeah, of it, it's, it's gone someplace else. So, yeah. so back back in the firehouse, Ray has cooked for everyone, and it looks terrible. Yeah, it looks it's like this he's giant he, it looks pot like, of like random. It looks nothing. like he's melted just, down a flesh golem. 
<laughs> into a pot, yeah. and he's pouring it into their bowls because it's just it's this indistinguishable pink goo that has like chunks. in yeah, it. Yeah, it's like pinkish brownish goo with yeah. like random it's stuff. Totally, in it. It's totally, it's um, totally a flesh golem that he's, and it looks he's terrible. melted. Um, it's called the ferocious fondue casserole. Yeah, is what he. It's actually what he calls it. Yeah, and it's a quote old family recipe. Now, how old? Old world. Now none of them want it, but but Slimer's like way into it, and uh, Ray. <laughs> they use him as a garbage disposal, essentially. This is kind of the first episode where I made note that we really start to hear some of Peter's lines. Peter is fucking funny. He is in the show. They so, write him so well, and you know what? They, because in it's, the sh- it's not even that the lines are that good. It's his the timing is good because I'm pretty sure they would they would record these all in the same room together. Oh yeah, and, that would be good. Yeah, which is probably I mean because it helps if you have somebody to talk to and you're yeah. in the room. Uh, so Ray, Ray has his line where he's like, down the old hatch, and Peter immediately jumps in, doesn't miss a beat, and, and he says, down the old disposal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then they feed it all to Slimer. Uh, Slimer tricks Ray into going under the table, and they all feed Slimer the food. Yeah. Um, and, and so right then, uh, the mayor calls... And there's a ghost at the depart at a department store at Stacy's so, Stacy's department store Stacy's department store. Yeah. So yeah, so then we have this like little love sequence, like uh, all of about five seconds, where Janine yeah. blows him a ki- egg on a kiss, and then Slimer. Um, it's it, it's a scene from the it's the scene from the intro where Slimer slides down the pole, and then runs over and kisses Janine, and then goes out to the goes over to the yeah, uh, the thing. Yeah. It's the scene from the intro. Yeah, no, so they obviously can tell where some of the scenes come from. Yeah. Um, the Ghostbusters show up on at this department store, and they're treated like A-listers. Mm-hmm. There's like... Uh, this so, is still... The, the city still loves them. They haven't yeah. fallen out of love yet. Yeah, so they're still like in love with the Ghostbusters. And Peter uh, has this line where he tells the crowd, Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back before your credit cards cool off. Yeah. Th- this is back when um, credit cards would get put down on this... Um, if any of you guys have worked at a restaurant or retail before, you always have this thing. It's like adjusting the, the, case the that backup, nobody uses. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like this. It um, takes a. It takes a. Uh, it, it's essentially like you know in those old. It's an imprint of your credit card. Yeah, you know, on a piece of paper. You know in you know in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It's a it's a tracing. Yeah, where he puts so, the he puts the paper down and then he takes the crayon yes. and he makes the rubbing. That's essentially what the yeah, thing does so for all of our young listeners out there. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a carbon copy. If yeah. you've heard of the the. The term carbon copy, that's where that comes from. You know, on so, your email, when you see CC, when you CC someone, you're carbon copying them. That's right. That's right. So um, so he makes this <laughs> this kind of reference, and then he makes it again when they leave the department He's like, store. listen, bitches. Um, but the building has no power, and it's... The it's, building's floating. They have to lift each other into the building. Okay, so there's this super eerie music when they're that's playing when they're in in the building that that I, I hope you can find and, and play for everybody. So far, so quiet. Too quiet. Huh? Because it's this music gets replayed. It, there's a bunch of this kind of music, and I love this music. This super they, eerie music is they, awesome. They do, they do, they use music very well in this show to set tones and set moods yes, yes. and 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 you know there's sad music playing when there's something bad happening there's exciting music playing when they they're very good and very cognizant yeah. of what they need to so, like make the scene better this music that's that's eerie is playing it's very dark and kind of creepy and uh, there's really not a lot going on and this this eerie music comes in and then kind of later they the music goes away and it's kind of kind of more upbeat and 
everything that's electrical in this department store comes to life as possessed creatures. Yeah. And when they things, all kind of morph. Yeah, and they're, when things get not possessed, like, they get eyes and mouths and noses and teeth and, and, stuff. and, teeth and they, they um, chase after them. Drills, there's these, circular there's this cool saws. Scene, yeah, there's this two scene where these two circular saws cut through the floor. They're kind of parallel to each other, and they cross back and forth like a figure eight. Yeah. From one side of the room to the other, and it's really well animated. I actually made note of that because I thought it was it was really well done. The frames per second is really high in that. Yeah. I, actually, through a lot of this show, it is. Um, but so the appliances nearly uh, take uh, the Ghostbusters. They nearly capture them, but they end up trapping like twenty of the ghosts in yeah. the process. And Ray mistakenly almost captures Slimer, but. Well, yeah, they've captured everything, and then Slimer, in the meantime, had gotten sucked up by a vacuum yeah. ghost. And so they and so the vacuum, the vacuum, the vacuum is like bouncing around because Slimer's inside of it, and he's like, "I got you!" And he blasts it, and then Slimer comes flying out with his ass on fire. He's like, oh my god! And the power goes out again. Um, and that's the problem in the city is that there's been a bunch of power outages right. throughout the city. And so the power goes out again, and a ghost possesses their backup generator. Yeah, so so they're back in the they're back in the um, they're, they're they're back in the firehouse and they're down there and they put the ghosts they you know the ghosts they've caught they put it in the containment unit and then um, the power goes out and the thing starts going like wah, wah, yeah yeah wah. just for the movie yeah. it's like same copy yeah and, and everybody's effect. freaking right. out and he's like don't and Egon goes don't worry gentlemen I I planned for this the backup generator should be kicking on in three two and there's like. And then the, the, the everything's fine. Like the and the then the backup like, generator gets possessed. The backup generator gets possessed and it runs away. And then what Egon says, I, I think one of the funniest lines I've heard from this show is he goes, "Once the generator runs away and oh, pulls out, yes. he goes, he goes, uh, gentlemen, don't take this the wrong way. But in fifty seconds, we die." <laughs> and he yeah. starts going. 48. So 47. He just starts 46. Count, he just starts counting down and the rest of the Ghostbusters are like, uh well, I don't want to fucking die. All, so. They all start scrambling trying to figure out a way to like set up a generator and, and, and Egon sits there like a fucking log, like like a lump on a log and he's just counting instead of helping them. And Egon's supposed to be the smartest one. Egon is the and smartest. And he just one. sits there and does nothing and in the meanwhile, everybody jerry-rigs a bicycle uh, to like a generator and then they stick to Janine be fa- on to it. To be fair though, um, Egon has got to be on the spectrum somewhere. Oh no, for sure. Like, Egon might be the spectrum, which I, you know, I, I kind of relate to. Sometimes I, I, I feel like I got tendencies, so I, I relate a little. I related okay. a lot to Egon autistic as a kid. kids rock. That's true. Um, I related a lot to Egon when I was a kid, actually. So that would explain a lot. Um, Did you collect spores, molds, and fungus? No, no. I was just like my personality type is very similar to. Did Egon's you think that print was bit. dead? Print is dead. <laughs> That's very interesting. I do a lot of reading myself. I'm kind of an intellectual. <laughs> oh man, you didn't miss a beat on that. That's nope. Good. <laughs> so, so they Janine's, set up this Janine's on a bike. Setup. Yeah, Janine's on this um, exercise bike that they make to, so that she can power the the generator. Okay, so this is this is one of those moments where they where I noted the direction that the uh, ecto. Uh, Ecto One leaves the firehouse, and the uh, the geography is done really well because they talk about a distur- a power outage and disturbance in Brooklyn, and so they they drive out of the firehouse, they turn left, and then they drive towards the back of the building down the street, which is essentially tor- uh, down towards like World Trade Center, and so they head down that direction because that's uh, probably the best direction for them to head to get into Brooklyn. So they probably headed that way and then got on the Brooklyn Bridge. Well, shit, you know New York better than I do. Which then they, they end up on the Brooklyn Bridge and they end up over in Brooklyn. And they animated that really, really well. I was really surprised. I actually had to write that down. Damn. Well, so so they, they leave to go to a, a power plant, essentially. They're trying, to, they're trying to find the power plant that, because they figure that that's the cause of all the problems is the ghost's got to be there. So they go to the power plant. 
but they had used the generator. Some for some reason, their their Ecto one well, had a they generator. S- they stopped their car. They stopped their car. The, and, the and car rolls, battery died. And they get out of the car and it starts. To, I don't know where this is. It must have been. It's like some it's, empty lot or yeah. something. So they and they, the car rolls out of control and they're all like no, grabbing no, onto the here's, hood. Here's here's what happens is they use the they use the generator because apparently there's a generator. I don't know if they meant alternator. They or meant what, the alternator. But they said they said they used the generator from. The Ecto-1 to make they, their jury-rigged they, generator. It, it looks like they pulled the alternator out of their car. So as they're driving, as they get to where, to sort of close to where they're going, the car battery dies. And right. they're like, oh, it's because we don't have a generator. Duh. A.K.A. the alternator. Yeah. yeah. So the battery dies. They get out. They, they're like, okay, I guess we're walking from here. And then Slimer comes out, sits behind the wheel, and starts going like... Like he's yeah, pretending, pretending to, drive. to drive. And he accidentally... Undoes the emergency brake, and that's why the car starts rolling down the hill. So they all hop on the hood, and they're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, and then Peter crawls up on top. He goes climbs in, through the sunroof. Yeah, climbs in through the sunroof, which I didn't know there was a sunroof on yeah. the Ecto unit, um, but he apparently does. It, it must only be for this episode. Yeah, um, he climbs in through the sunroof, and he uh, he hits the e brake, and uh, then the car is fine. So they end up at this electric power plant, and they meet the head ghost. His name is Killer um, Watt. Yeah. And and he shoots the Ecto one. Did you recognize his voice? No, you didn't. No, I wasn't paying attention. Who was it? Is that Frank Welker? <laughs> nope. No, who was it? It's James Avery. Really? Sh- no fucking kidding. fucking Shredder. Go back and listen. It's James Avery. <laughs> oh God, I'll have to go back and listen. I <laughs> yeah. didn't even pay attention. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, is that? I thought it. I was like, that sounds like James Avery. And then I went into the episode. Uh, I went to the episode notes, and I was like, yep, it's fucking James Avery. James Avery plays Killer Watt. Well, okay, so so Killer Watt shoots the Ecto One, and then the Ecto One comes to life. It turns into this like it turns he, into this it like grows were- wings. It's like a bat werewolf car. Yeah, it grows like wings and seven eyes, and uh, the Ghostbusters chase and this- giant chomper teeth. Yeah, yeah, like huge, like kind of sharp teeth, and it chases. It, so the Ghostbusters end, end up chasing him, and uh, they get covered by appliances. And they all get captured. Yeah, because they run into the power plant, and then the, the as as they're running into the power plant, uh, Killer Watt just starts possessing things left and right. Yeah, and like, so they all end up getting captured. Yeah. in one way or another, we don't need to go too far into that. But Killer Watt ends up um, he merges with machinery, and yeah. and it, then he it turns ends up out, looking like. Did you ever play the old Avengers arcade game? Going back to arcade games. Yes, here. yes. The I one know. the one with Captain America, yes. Vision, Iron Man, and Hawkeye. Yes. So. There's a level in that game where you're underwater and you end up fighting like a sub. Yes, like, and he looks like, like yes. he looks exactly like that freaking thing, the boss at the end of that level. So he also looks. There's these like stress balls that you can squeeze. Um, yeah, they have the, the eyes come and the out nose. Of the eyes yeah. and the nose. And the, yeah, so yeah. he looks just like one of those stress relief uh, like hand grippers. Yeah. Um, so he seems to be unstoppable because he is essentially immune to full force proton beams. Yeah, because power because anything that's like power related charges him up. So and then he ends up merging with the entire building, and he yeah, seems the compl- whole building gets and possessed. And now he seems like super unstoppable. And Slimer <laughs> ends up pulling a regular wall plug, and yeah, and, and makes def- Kilowatt helpless. He's like, nah, and the whole the whole big thing falls down. It's, and- it's like you unplug the vacuum, and all of a sudden the ghost is helpless. You unplug the so, vacuum, and all of a sudden the dogs are all powerful. Yeah, it was it was kind of a weird moment, but the Ghostbusters end up capturing him. Slimer plugs it back in, and all the power gets restored. Um, the go- so this is at nighttime. The Ghostbusters get a full ticker tape parade. They're like, this it, is awesome. We, we a, so so this, this happens at nighttime. And so they end up with a full ticker tape parade, which is in the daytime of the next day. So we're talking at least midday they're getting a parade. 
And, and then the mayor's they, in the car like, boys, you really did it this time. Yeah, so we're talking, you know, couple hours, yeah, at least a couple hours later. Almost a full 24 hours from when uh, the power went out and Janine got put on the bike. Remember her? She got put on the bike. Well, the Ghostbusters finally remembered. They're like, oh shit, is Janine still pedaling? No, she couldn't be pedaling. Could she? And she is. It's totally of course one of those she moments. Is. Yeah. Womp, so, womp. You know we're gonna yeah we're gonna cut it here because because these are too fun to talk about we need to talk about them more we, and we yeah. don't want to go too long but man this show is so good yeah it's I, just like I remember it's ridiculous how so, you can remember something so fondly from your childhood and it beats the justice it never good. happens it never happens because we talked about this back in the first episode uh, when we did turtles and uh, turtles was good I like turtles but there's a lot of just like weird kind of stuff. It, that um, I don't know if it would translate as well today because uh, of the way that it's done, but this for sure would. And I know this it is does. sci-fi. This is sci-fi that's still really, other than like the weird sort of time PC things where people run into like weird '80s breakdancer looking guys. And yeah, like, but like weird fashion. That, you're like, okay, people answering regular phones. Outside of that, I mean, it it's yeah. pretty normal. It's I mean, it's pretty good. My kid loves this show. By the way, again, I will mention it your again. Two, your two and a half year old loves this. My show. My two and a half year old loves this show. She likes she likes Batman. Uh, she likes this. She likes Pokemon. Actually, she likes Darkwing Duck now. When we did Darkwing Duck, she wasn't that into it, but now she likes it. So um, she, her, her. I feel like I've improved my kid's sense of taste as a result of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you like I mean, more things that I like, so it's better now. Yeah, yeah. You're better now that you like what I like. Stop liking things I don't like. I need to recreate myself in you. Um, so, uh, so I think that'll do it for this episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. if you want to, if you want to talk to us about this episode or talk to us about any other episode, um, you can always hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at RemasteredCast. It's at RemasteredCast. If you want to send us an email, the email is uh, childhoodremastered at gmail.com. It's childhoodremastered at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. We do. You can like yeah. that. Uh, post on there if you want. It's just search childhood remastered facebook.com slash childhood, childhood remastered. Yeah. Just search for it, you'll find it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll welcome your uh, welcome your comments. Always welcome your comments. We'll ignore your criticisms because uh, we do this show for free. So go, and for fun. Uh, and for fun. So go fudge yourself if you don't like it. If none of you listen, we'll do it anyways. Yeah, uh, we already do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it, Sean and I record several of these like in advance. Way in advance. Way in advance. Um, uh, we're yeah, we're pretty far in advance. But if you guys have again recommendations, if there's something that you want to watch, and you're like, I don't care, I want this next, and fuck you guys. Um, well, then maybe take a chill pill. And, yeah, well, that's and, true. And but, reword your email. <laughs> yeah, that's rude. Yeah, less all caps. But if we get enough of those about a caps particular lock subject, is cruise control for cool. It is cruise control for the cool. I li- I, I would do that all the time. Um, so if you guys have enough requests that that everybody's kind of in sync. We will change. I love the, that band. The, oh, in sync? No, you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> uh, uh, but Joy does. Joy loves in sync. Uh, but but if we get enough requests from you guys to change our our, our scheduling, uh, we will be happy to do so. Yeah, we're open to change. Yeah, we're open to change. Um, change is good. Open so change. so we'll we'll change if we need to. And um, uh, I think that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it for now. So. Uh... Come in yeah, next I week. Hope, we'll yeah. do more Ghostbusters. Yeah, I hope I hope you enjoyed these first two episodes. We're going to do more episodes about this. So uh, until next time, this is Sean and Chris, and uh, this has been your childhood remastered. We will see you next time.